Let's have a sincere conversation about events across the nation and topics for our own morality. Let's openly discuss in an environment of trust where perception is reality. Hello, everybody. Welcome to your hopefully favorite pod podcast, Perception is Reality. It's your host, David, and I'm back for another episode, which I know you're all eagerly anticipating. In today's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by my newest friend in the world, Ramsha Isa. Hi, Ramsha. Hi, David. Thank you so much for having me. I'm incredibly excited to talk about my first book, Rebel Against the Odds, um, which is going to be self-published. And there is a lot that goes into this whole process of writing and publishing a book. And I'm very excited to share about my journey and some of uh, the challenges that I, that I encountered. Great. So... I like to tell everybody how we know each other, and I believe that you posted in one of the podcast groups, seeing if anybody would be interested in interviewing authors. Yes. And I was like, of course I'd interview an author. That sounds great, because there's got to be lots of common misperceptions around what it's like to write a book. So I was like, sure, count me in. And then you were like, great. Yes. I'll I'll do it. That is how we know each other. And other than the 10 minutes in the green room, that's pretty much all we have. But like I said, my newest friend in the world, Ramsha, has joined us today. So Ramsha, we're talking about on the show how there's common misperceptions. And we like to write those with the people who I'm talking to who have specific realities that might differ from some people's common misperceptions. So what are we talking about today specifically? that you've encountered that people might be misperceiving? Um, I think one thing that I've realized while writing is the fact that a lot of people like to follow, you know, this basic story arc of having um, a protagonist and an antagonist. So having uh, a protagonist with someone uh, positive, uh, never does any mistakes, um, you know, uh, just... He, he or she knows everything. And then an antagonist who is an evil, and then it's basically the fight between good versus evil. I'm not going to say that, 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 that it applies uh, to all of the books uh, that I have read, but I think uh, mostly what I have read and encountered, that's, that is what the basic premise is, which is great. Um, I think it's, it, it's a great method, but I feel that um, in reality, in in real life, there isn't always uh, like good versus evil. Good people can do bad things, but that does not mean that those people are evil or, you know, they're devils or that they're all negative. So through the books that I write and whatever I plan to write in future, I would like to make characters that are relatable. A protagonist, can, my one of my protagonists can be um, positive, but also negative at the same time. So creating uh, main characters, creating any characters that are relatable, um, that have flaws, is uh, what I feel is the right way to go as far as um, you know, as far as how my writing goes or builds up. Um, 
And that's just my perception. Um, I feel that as an author, as a writer, um, you can, you have a lot of freedom. You have a massive amount of freedom to influence people. You have the power to affect people. Um, but it really depends on you. I am someone who, you know, who does not like to set those restrictions and, you know, just follow a basic premise. I would like to experiment. I would like to try out different genres, even though if I know that, you know, my strength for, for example, is in writing uh, emotional dramas or thrillers, for, for example, but that doesn't mean that I would shy away from uh, at least attempting something different, like, uh, you know, um, romance or comedy. Uh, I just feel that as a writer, you need to um, be open to writing different things and, um, you know, receiving feedback and criticism. I think constructive criticism always helps you improve. And uh, so I'm someone who would always, who, who seeks for that. Okay, great. Well, I mean, if we don't if we aren't open to constructive criticism, I mean, none of us will ever really progress beyond, beyond where we are. Right. So I feel like you should always um, look for more feedback to improve. Um, I really like hearing uh, positive comments. I, I like positive feedback, but I'm also as willing to hear um, negative feedback or constructive criticism because I feel that you can't really grow unless you know what you're doing wrong and I think um, the best way for you to grow uh, as a writer or you know whatever you do is actually to put your work out there like I don't think it's possible to attain perfection in anything that you do you can always get better at it but um it's 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 important for you to put your work out there um and get you know different feedback and kind of listen to what other people think about your work yeah that's interesting because i mean i've, I've it's similar between what you're saying and what i've heard jeremiah craig say jeremiah craig is um as regular listeners know has been on the podcast twice. He's a um, singer songwriter balladeer and he talks about criticism uh, in one of his own podcast episodes and YouTube episodes uh, and how he deals with criticism and what you're saying is, is very much in line. Um, but one question for you real quick and then we'll, um, I'll jump into back into the main topic is how do you, do you feel like there's a difference or can you tell when somebody's just plain being hurtful versus trying to give you constructive criticism? Because I feel like constructive criticism is when somebody's really trying to give you feedback that will help you. And then there is criticism that's just plain criticism because people can be ugly. Definitely. I think, um, it first, I think it requires immense courage to write and to get your work published. Um, not everyone has this kind of courage because, uh, you know, when you're when you're a published author, uh, you're kind of, you know, you're kind of putting your work out there and letting people judge you, letting people judge your work. Uh, there's a lot that goes into it. And I salute all the writers, all the authors um, 
who who not just write but they publish their work um i do um agree with you that there are people who just you know they just uh nitpick things that they don't like um they criticize for no reason they bash um they troll those are some of the things that exist and um i have never experienced uh those kinds of things but um i believe in future i might but uh yeah that's and it's very obvious when those people do that because if someone is um giving you constructive criticism they're not only telling you the negatives but they're also telling you what is good about your work what is something that they like and they're also telling you how you can improve uh those negatives how you can uh, improve your work because uh, there's no point of just listing uh the list of negative things in in someone's work you should also tell them that you know this is my suggestion and this is how you can improve um this is the way to tackle this problem or this is just you know how uh, i would have done it if i was in your place so uh basically the way you're putting across that criticism really matters because um it it takes a lot of time to write and um you you you're investing a part of yourself when you're when you're writing a book or when you're writing a script so it's very important that you consider the other person's feelings and you give them criticism in a way that they'll appreciate you but then i feel even the other person needs to be uh patient enough to listen to what the other person is saying and open minded to accept that uh criticism so it works i it works uh both ways that's interesting that uh i like that you are opening that to a, a two way street two way communication and i think communication is incredibly important if we're not communicating uh we're not trying to understand and i think that's that if i'm interpreting what you just said it's really about that deep understanding uh yes. and i think that's important and that's one of the things that we try to do on the podcast here is talk to strangers like you and i are strangers we don't know each other and we're coming to an understanding through communication and we're really trying to deeply invest our own time which on previous episodes i've said this in the past and i will say this until my last breath is that time is our most valuable asset we need to be careful how we spend it uh so i appreciate you spending time with me tonight thank you thank you so much uh and absolutely i feel uh communication is the key to success um if you don't get something if you're confused about something it's always better to speak and clarify um for example um when i was getting my book edited by a great editor um she she was very experienced and i you know i was new to the industry i did not know a lot of stuff so i used to frequently ask questions um you know uh suggestions on how i can improve my work what i can do what i cannot do and she was very nice enough to uh give me a bunch of advice um so i feel that just uh you know don't don't shy away from question from asking questions from seeking advice because um that is the only way you'll be able to improve and you know make your mark out there i agree i agree it's important to ask the questions and 
and think one of the things I also talk about is the, uh, the pregnant pause. I talk about that a lot on my podcast and how people should embrace it more because it just means that if somebody on the other end is pausing, that means that you've impacted them in such a way that they need to think about what you said and they're trying to respond. They're listening to learn, not listening to, to respond. Sure. Yeah, exactly. We'll go over. So real quick, tell us, um, you're self-publishing your book. Uh, I believe you said it was Rebel Against the Odds. Yes. Is the title. So I want to shamelessly, this is the shameless pub time. Please tell everybody where they can find you because I'll forget later. If I, I, and I wrote a note down to let you do this because once we go in, I'm, I'm going to forget and I don't want to forget. So if you could tell people, where can they find your book and your work? Um, so, uh, <laughs> I'm still in process of figuring out, but I will be self-publishing it. So Amazon, um, is where you can find my work, uh, as well as my website. So if you're looking for any signed copies, uh, I know I'm not a celebrity, but if you're looking for signed copies, you can go to my website and, um, order, uh, signed copies. Uh, you can also, um, go to Amazon to get copies of my book there's also going to be a kindle version of it so uh, i'm still exploring that uh but yeah those are some of the main uh, places where you can find my book and so they just really need to search uh give us give everybody your website so they can mark it down Sure. Uh, so my website is still in process. I'm working on it. Uh, it's going to be published soon, but uh, you can go um, on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Raisha Productions. Um, that's the that's the name of my company that I have created. So uh, that is where I will post all the information about where you can find my book, uh, my link to my website, as well as um, different giveaways that I'm planning, um, trailers, teasers, promos, all of those things, uh, reviews. Um, so that's like your one stop to finding everything about my book. Great. And I will post an update on my website when you tell me too that it's published so people can go out there and find it in case they didn't write down the website uh, when it's there. Um, can you spell that for everybody, please? Yes. So it's Raisha Productions. It's R-A-E-S-H-A space productions and uh, there's actually a story behind this name also uh, it's a combination of my my mom and my dad's name um so it's like a combination of all three of our names and it's very special to me because uh you know um i am very passionate about writing writing books writing scripts um you know making web series i'm also uh, along with the I, i'm i'm also a student at Loyola University Chicago so I am majoring in film productions and software engineering so um, I love making you know web series I love making films or dramas and all of those things and through this company that is what I would like to do I would like to write books I would like to uh, showcase uh, stories through different mediums um, and uh, so so this is a very special project uh, for me and I thought that, you know, the most uh, special and important people in my life are my parents. So I thought that this is going to be a gift 
uh, from my side to them. And that is how this idea of coming up with this name came to me. That's a great way to honor them, really. Thank you. And uh, I, I really respect that. And my children are your age. Uh, my daughter actually just graduated uh, from university and I'm very proud of her. So she's out there now trying to uh, find that uh, a job so she can start adulting. And my son is still studying uh, to be a doctor. So he's got a long ways to go. Uh, but I hope someday, you know, if I'm involved in their naming process, I would be greatly appreciative. So I know your parents probably are as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. And congratulations to your daughter. And I wish them all the best. Oh, thank you. I'll make sure she, she knows. She actually graduated with a degree in journalism. Nice. That's and really she's, good. She's a writer as well. Uh, maybe really I'll have to connect you to it. You can collaborate on something. I don't know. Maybe some <laughs> weird things will happen. Maybe, I don't know. I'll, I'll leave it up to you technically savvy youth to figure it out. But if I may, I really am interested in your thoughts uh, on in real life, there are there isn't really good versus evil that good people do bad things and bad people can do good things. So what I want to know from your perspective is where's the line? So let's just say we have a good person in general. And so for just grins and giggles, let's just say that a good person, I don't know, how would you define a good person in general? Just can um, you define that for me? I think the definition of a good person uh, differs for everyone. Uh, for me, a good person is someone who has a good heart, but they can do mistakes you know uh people have this perception especially when it comes to women that you know you should be properly dressed or you should uh you know you should be pure you should be uh, honest um the, there are all of these different restrictions that we place especially when it comes to a woman and if uh, uh a woman or if a young girl kind of steps out of that boundary or that zone that has been, you know, been crossed for them, then uh, we judge them. I think we easily judge people. We are so open to judging people that sometimes we don't realize that, you know, we, we are not in their shoes. Um, we are not living their lives. Um, I feel everyone does whatever they do for their own reason because of a story that they have had. But we're just so open to judging people that we don't realize that, you know, we, we don't know. We don't know about their life. We don't know where they come from. We don't know uh, how their situation was like that made them do whatever they have done. Um, so I feel that uh, through at least the characters that we make um, as writers, we have a lot of power to... Um, influence people and to kind of show them that uh, a protagonist especially a female protagonist does not have to be perfect with all the powers um extremely honest um perfect at everything we don't we don't have to make that image you know we can have a protagonist who is um flawed who has done some wrong things but has 
ha has her own journey to realizing her mistakes, to improving as a person. There's there's a lot that we can do. We don't have to follow this arc of you know uh, building a female protagonist that does everything right. So uh, speaking of my debut novel, my book, I would like to say that um, my my protagonist is someone who is um, she's she's not evil but she has done some wrong things uh she she hurt people she has been dishonest at some times but there is a story um a background that is strong enough to justify or not justify those actions but i would leave that up to the viewers to judge and let me know what they think about it where do you think the lines the lines are in life so we can have i mean i understand this is one of those moments I warned you about where I have so many thoughts uh, whirling through my head that my mouth can't keep up with my brain. So I'm going to filter them out as best I can. So we, you just mentioned a lot, which was great, and you explained it. Um, and I think a few things came to mind. There's uh, legal things that could be wrong where a person, a good person, can do something and break the law. And then there's things that a good person can break cultural norms which would make them quote unquote a bad person um so that i think we've got a couple different boundaries if we just leave it at those two so where where are the lines because i think you can have my perception of life is that you can have a good person who makes a mistake that doesn't make them a bad person but if a good person uh, all of a sudden decides to commit murder, they're not a good person. Like if they were a good person up until a point in time where they just killed somebody, not out of self-defense or anything. Okay, so that's us say that they made a bad decision. They decided to drink and drive and they killed an innocent family. Maybe I'm too black and white, but I don't perceive that person to be a good person anymore. That was a choice that they made that caused somebody else harm. I think they crossed that line. Is where are the lines for you? Uh, for me, especially, um, I I definitely agree with you. A good person or any person can, you know, if they commit a murder, they're no longer a person who I would look up to or who I would um, like to interact with um and i feel that is when punishment comes in if you if you commit a murder if you do something wrong whatever that is i feel that you should be punished for it and um once you're punished for it if you regret whatever you have done um not going to say something as uh, heinous as a murder um but if you you know if you have done something wrong if you steal for example i think you and you're punished for it you're rightfully punished for it and you go through that whole journey of you know regretting your actions um and trying to owe up to your mistake it really depends on the other person who you have done wrong to. So if someone harms me in some way um, and they're punished for it, and then they have this whole journey of regretting their actions and whatever they have done to me, and they come up to me and they apologize for what they have done, um, 
it is up to me to forgive them or not forgive them. But I think that does not give other people the right to come in and make judgments um, because I feel that, you know, it's not that they have done something wrong to you. They have done something wrong to me. So I think at the end, the right to forgive them or the right to punish them, it's, it's uh, you know, it's my job. It's, you know, it's my responsibility. Um, so the people, I, I feel people, um, e even if you do something, you know, so something very small, even if, uh, you know, especially uh, being a young girl, if I um, wear the kind of clothes that I want to wear or, you know, go out with the kind of people I want to go out with, there are people, there are set of people who would judge me for it. Um, who there is this society, societal norms, societal restrictions or uh, rules that I would have to follow. Uh, and if I kind of go against that, or if I kind of do what I feel is the right thing to do, then I will be judged for it. I will be um, mocked for it. Um, there are already these expectations that we have built and uh, we are judged based on these expectations of, uh, you know, of the society that we live in. Um, and that is something that I, that I find wrong. Um, I, I think that uh, if you do something wrong, um, that's even wrong in terms of the societal norms or, you know, the culture that you come from. Um, I don't think it's job of other people who are really not related to you to judge you and pass those remarks. Um, so it can it can differ from person to person. It also depends on what you have done. Um, you you spoke you brought a really good point about you know, uh, the the legal crimes and uh, you know if you steal or if you murder someone. Uh, for me, the line really is that um, you it, as human beings we are not perfect. We make mistakes. We are flawed. Uh, we have our own shortcomings, but as long as you as long as you feel guilty as long as you're you know as long as even if you have done something wrong as long as you can admit it and actually go and apologize for it then that still means that you have some something that's a human within you left so repentance is important um Repentance is definitely very important. Um, I think as humans, we make mistakes, but if we regret, if we realize what we did wrong, and if we apologize for it, then uh, that is uh, a sign of a good human being. Um, it's, it's very important to realize what you have done. Um, and uh, if the other person forgives you for that, uh, it's also kind of important to take away a lesson from it. So don't try to repeat the same mistake that you have already done. You, you can't really expect the other person to forgive you. You can only seek for forgiveness, but it really depends on the other person if they would want to forgive you, let it go, or just really not do anything about it. Well, forgiveness is a topic that we could talk about for... Well, I might come. I reserve the right to come back to the forgiveness conversation. Sure. But one thing I want to ask you about is um, people being judgy, and 
there's a lot of school of thoughts around people's judgment, especially critical or harsh judgment, is really a reflection of things that they see in themselves. What's, what's your experience or what's your view about people being so judgy, especially I feel today, in today's day and age, in the world that you're taking over from us old farts, um, us old people, is I think today is even more judgy than ever. I think being on, on an online world. Yes, that's that's a really good question. Uh, social media is uh, a great tool to have, but it's it can also be used as a weapon to attack people. So uh, people can, anyone, anyone in today's age, um, today's world could make an account on social media with a fake name, um, any profile picture and could it could take seconds uh, for someone to tarnish someone's reputation just because of a personal grudge that they might have um which i feel is very negative and toxic because uh, all the social media gives you that power to express your views and you know to be very open about certain things uh it's a great way to communicate your thoughts and feelings but i feel that the with the kind of freedom that people have from social media, they sometimes tend to misuse it. Um, anyone can comment or just put anything on someone's post without really realizing the consequences that it can lead to for for other person. Um, and I feel that the, it's wrong. Um, like I said, I'm a huge fan of... Uh, I, I mean, I'm always open to valid, constructive criticism, but I feel that there's always that line and you shouldn't cross that line. You shouldn't go to an extent of judging someone so harshly when you don't even know about someone's life. Um, and that's very sad part of being a public figure, whether you're an actor, whether you're a writer um, or anything, if you're a public figure, you're kind of, you know, opening, it's like people think that you're opening yourself to hearing everything negative about yourself, which isn't really true because um, you can be on social media, you can be very active, you can have a certain amount of influence, um, but that does not give anyone the right to, you know, uh, troll you to an extent that the you know that they even they wouldn't like caring about themselves um i see a lot of people um you know judging um people's families going on their families uh targeting them based on their opinions uh religious opinions uh you know, culture, opinions. And I think that is where you're crossing the line when you bring other people, when you bring, um, you know, things that you don't even know about. Well, why does, why does it reach such a heightened level so quickly? Is there, I'm just going to, I guess, uh, I'm going to just paint an analogy here, I guess. Paint a picture. So in... One culture, maybe a more Western culture, uh, somebody could accuse somebody of adultery with just because they're being vindictive. 
this person is not an adulterer uh, in real life, but this other person just wants to do harm. So in a Western culture over here, uh, just in, in America, that, you know, somebody, it might get a little attention, but maybe most people don't care. But in other cultures around the world, that could result in death. Yes. But why do people feel empowered to make such bold statements? I'm, I struggle. And that's one of the reasons for this podcast is I'm trying to learn other people's perspectives in life. Yes. You know, I have certain perceptions. Other people come from different backgrounds. They have different perceptions. But I just don't understand, and especially in an online world, what gives people the right, why do they feel so empowered to be so evil and so mean? And I'm using strong words to paint a picture. Right. Uh, no, definitely. I, I agree with you. I think a lot of times people don't really realize the consequences of their actions. People don't use their words wisely. Uh, I think that's a major issue that people just tend to say anything that comes to their mind. They kind of don't realize the fact that yes, it's social media. Yes, it's their account. Yes, they're, they have the right to say whatever they want to say. But social media is a public, public forum. Um, whatever you write there or whatever you post there actually stays there. Even if you delete a comment like, you know, even if you delete, you know, a bad comment that you have made about someone because you realize that, okay, what you have done is wrong. But even after deleting it, it would stay, it would stay there. People can take screenshots of it. Um, it, it can always come back to haunt you in some or the other way. So just because you have social media, you have your account, you know, even if it's, it could be private, it could be public, it could be secret. It could be anything, but once you put something out there, it will stay, which is, um, I, I mean, it can be a positive thing. It can be a negative thing, but I feel what people, and this is something that people don't realize that it would stay there and it can come back to haunt them at any point in, you know, at, in their lives. Um, social media is very powerful. It's more powerful than I think we even know that that it is uh, so whatever you post on social media whatever you say um just make sure that the words that you use um are not harsh enough to actually impact your reputation um something that i learned um last year while i was uh, prepping for some internships um is that the when you apply uh, to a company usually recruiters check your profile they check your social media accounts pages they have a certain way to access that information and uh, if they have seen you know something wrong something that they think is wrong that you have posted then that can really it can really impact your chances of getting that uh, internship or job for that matter. And that's just one example that I have used. Um, but I feel that people don't use their words wisely. And another thing I feel very strongly about is that we as human beings, especially right now, 
we deal with a lot of stress you know we encounter a lot of problems on on daily basis and sometimes we we seek social media to escape out of those issues that we face out of or you know our own struggles and when we see someone doing something well or when we see or uh, you know someone um are uh, going against our beliefs or our opinions we kind of went out all our frustration and our anger on that person or on that specific post because we know that you know we don't have that amount of power in real life we can't just say things and get away but we do have that power on social media so we kind of express our frustration on social media even though kind of knowing that the whatever we put out on social media will stay there so it's it's very tricky uh, i feel that the social media can be used for great ways it can be used to help people it can be used to you know start businesses so it has a lot of benefits but it really depends on you uh whether you want to use it for the right reasons or for the wrong reasons well they've done a lot of research on the negative impacts of social media and people who i call gen pop or the general population aren't open to seeing the truth about social media and how that they they meaning the companies utilize the algorithms and they feed you information that fuels these types of things and i'm being general uh, on purpose uh however i will say that Jeremiah in episode 2 of this podcast tried to convince me that there is good to social media and the data they collect and I still don't I haven't seen it. It brings out the ugliness anonymity online brings out ugliness. I'm sitting here in my chair with my phone or my computer and I'm all alone and it's just somebody else who I may know personally or they might just be a Facebook friend meaning like you know they or an Instagram friend they're not really friends they're followers i yeah. you know and i have a detachment from them and like you said i might be feeling ugly or jealous about something that they've done because social media is really where people go for that endorphin rush they want to see the like there's so much science that goes behind the like and the endorphin rush it's a drug yes. and we're all well not all of us but i mean a great many people are addicted to that and so much as they only show the positive things in their life or they will fake positive things to just get the rush because they that's the only way they can feel good about themselves right and that brings me um to a very interesting point that i have uh is that people usually um try to build a perfect image of themselves on social media i think one thing that we need to realize as human beings is the fact that we are not perfect and our lives are not perfect but we try to make this image of being a perfect person who can do everything we you know we have all these filters on instagram uh, that we use to 
um, hide our physical flaws. Um, we, uh, you know, if, if we're going out to party or if we're going out with our family at a restaurant, we post, oh, uh, I'm having dinner or lunch here. And that's fine. I mean, you can do that, but I feel there is a limit. There's nothing wrong with sharing your happiness with other people. But when you try to make this image of, you know, of perfection that you are this perfect person who has everything, you have no problems, you are doing everything right, um, I think it, it it's that that's fake because we don't have perfect lives. So why are we so obsessed with making this image that we are perfect? We have uh, perfect lives just because we want to get certain amount of likes on our post on our pictures. Um, I have seen people and I myself, I would like to share this, that there was a point of time when I was so addicted to my phone, to social media that I used to post pictures and check every 20 or uh, 10 uh, or every 5, 10 minutes that, oh, how many likes I have received? Um, uh, has it reached 100? Has it reached 150? And I realized that after some time, I had this realization that I'm actually letting um, social media control me. I'm not controlling social media. I'm not controlling myself, but rather social media is controlling me and it's you know it's consuming me um which is very unhealthy uh it's very toxic you shouldn't really allow anything or anyone especially something like social media to control you to this extent so yeah it can be an addiction um you know it's about using it wisely using it for things that might benefit you but at the same time you have to be careful that you're not allowing social media to control you you're not allowing other people's perceptions to define you as a person oh i definitely agree um definitely agree so what i'd like to do is i've taken us on a little bit of a journey but it all ties into your character building yes promise because I'd like you to tell us uh, one of the things that you wrote to me that I wanted to talk about specifically was the shades of gray that you have your female heroines or protagonists. Uh, I don't remember the label you used in your books. Um, you like to purposely write them as in shades of gray. We talked about this in the beginning about how there's, you know, good people can do bad things, but I really think it's about, I, I don't, I don't want to be so harsh about your characters doing bad things because <laughs> people make mistakes. I think it's about those shades of gray because we have these decisions that we have to make constantly and we have to just try to live our best life. And, and one thing that I will say is that the definition of perfect is all very relative because if you were to talk to a stoic, uh, a Stoic would say that a messy life is a perfect life. It's a life that's been worth living, that you've accepted everything that's come in and gone out. All the good and all the bad is neither good nor bad. It just is. And these are things and moments that we've passed through and we've absorbed uh, and they've become part of us and we've, we've grown and learned from them and moved forward. So people out there that are posting their perfect life or is really 
their own perception of what perfect is. Yes. Um, so perfect is a relative term. So can you tell us, and I think you have a very good viewpoint based on what we've just talked about is how you write your, your female protagonists. Uh, how do you introduce the shades of gray and are they reflections of your own personal shades of gray or are they um, things that you've witnessed on, you know, online and TV and media or just have thought about and just decided to create? Um, yes, that's, that's a brilliant question. So um, I would like to tell a little bit about one of my um, female characters. Um, she is someone who is very aggressive. Uh, she's she is rebellious. Um, and uh, one advice that I got from my editor was, you know, how can your female character, or how can your not just female male, how can your male how can your main character can be so aggressive? Like you're actually making her look bad. Um, and she raised a valid point, and I think that's something that a lot of people might say. Um, but I feel that the, that's her flaw. She she rebels against what she finds wrong, or she's aggressive, or you know she is negative at times. But she has, as long as she has a reason for it, which she justifies at one point of time then i feel it's it's fine um i think one thing that people might uh like my book hasn't been out yet but one thing that i can see people saying is that how are your supporting characters for that matter are you know more perfect more so-called perfect than your main main character um which again is a valid point, but I feel that uh, as people, we are very complex. We uh, have our own logic, our own thinking that we use to justify whatever we do, no matter what you do, you always initially end up justifying yourself, justifying your actions. So I always wanted to make characters that uh, are possibly not me, but characters that I feel exist. Um, I, I think as, uh, as someone, I think as someone who, uh, you know, who have conversations with different people coming from variety of different backgrounds, uh, I have been to uh, a high school that's, uh, you know, that that has uh that that's very diverse um people from different race religions colors uh backgrounds uh were there even i go to a college that's that's very diverse um so i kind of interact with people who are very different from one and another and um you know there are people who have done a lot of great things. There are also people who have done some bad things, uh, some things that you possibly might not approve of. Um, but I feel that's not in my right to judge them based on their actions. Um, 
I don't know enough about them that I can form this typical judgment of whatever they have done is right or wrong. But yes, those people that I have had those interactions with have influenced my writing in some or the other way. So my writing might not be about me or about what I think is right or wrong, but it's really about you know, about these different people that I have come across uh, in my life so far, um, who have their own complexities, um, their own struggles that they they deal with on day-to-day basis. Um, it's my characters are reflection of the society that we live in. Um, you know, uh, it's reflection of the people that I have come across. So it's, it's kind of hard to pinpoint one specific, you know, um mm-hmm. one specific thing that has influenced my writing i feel it's it comes from variety of different people um platforms um social media is definitely one of them uh, i wasn't planning to speak about this but um one of my uh one of my novels that i'm working on is actually based on how um you know how social media can be both positive and negative at the same time and um i feel that again it's really about the way that you you use it that the, the way that you utilize the kind of resources and the freedom that that you have interesting so that that's you've got a lot of resources to draw from to create characters um which yes. is great and and you're utilizing them all and again you said so much that I have so many things to ask you, but uh, we're running uh, into our, I, I, I always fail at this. <laughs> I, I mean, I try to keep the episodes about an hour. Um, I'm, I'm not the best timekeeper. But uh, mm-hmm. one thing that I'd like to ask you about is your female, your lead female character being called aggressive. And I ask, like, what does she do? that's be considered aggressive because maybe she's not aggressive. Maybe she's just a strong female character and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, like what, what, what does she do that's overtly aggressive? Um, one of, so, so my, my first book is a collection of uh, two stories. Um, and uh, both, all three of my uh, female characters have, you know, have character flaws. Um, one of them is definitely aggressive um and that might be because you know she's you know she's an 18 year old teenager um you know she has dreams she has aspirations she wants to do a lot of things in life and then something happens that kind of stops her from from you know achieving her dream or achieving her goal so then the reaction that she has to that situation is i guess what is kind of exciting to what was exciting to write as well as probably to see because um you know it's it's you know when you're when you're at a point of of your life um of your age where you know you're you're going through these different physical, mental, emotional changes, and then you know you have all these dreams that you want to work on, but you just can't find that right path or that clarity. And then there is someone who 
who was close to you, who, you know, who you consider as a family or a friend, and that person comes to you and just disapprove your, you know, what you love or your dream. And then you react in a way that is probably wrong or not the best way to tackle a situation. But you're still a teenager who is going through all, all of those different changes. Um, and I feel that was very interesting to write because I have been through that phase. I am uh, going to be turning 20 soon, but I have been at that point where, you know, where I was going through, uh, where I have had a lot of thoughts and I was going through all those different changes. And then, you know, if someone used to say something to me, I used to react in an aggressive manner and that had its, its own consequences. But I feel that the, uh, it's kind of highlighting an issue or not not even an issue but a situation that that exists uh, uh, coming up with a character that people can relate to in some sense or the other and that was very interesting um, and then also in one of my other stories I um, my, my main character is someone who you can say is kind of judgmental and again that that's kind of going back to the previous conversation that I have uh, that I just had with you that how easily we judge people and again that's a human flaw that is something that we all do uh, even though I am against judging people but I, I'm sure there must be time when I did judge someone so my characters are you know they're based on um, situations or people that one can relate to I wouldn't like making a character who is all perfect does not judge people uh doesn't get angry easily isn't aggressive i would like to make characters that i feel are relatable to people oh that's excellent um because they're i think what you're talking about is really just emphasizing their humanity and what makes us all human uh uh, we're, we're, if we were all perfect, I think we would not be human. We would be something else. Absolutely. But that, again, could be a conversation for another day. Uh, <laughs> Definitely. But I want to ask you this uh, last question because we're, sure. we're running close to time. Is that do you feel, and this is going to be kind of a loaded question, so I'm going to not apologize for it, but I'm just going to warn you up front. Sure. Do you feel that if you were a male author and writing about these same male characters and you switched the name from, I don't know, whoever, and, and they were all of a sudden male characters, would they still be considered aggressive? That's actually a really good question. And my answer is no, not really. Because uh, our definition of what a woman can do differs a lot from what a man is allowed to do. We have different set of rules for a woman and different set of rules for a man. And uh, I personally believe that it's, it's wrong because it makes us hypocrites. And I know that's a very strong word to use and a statement to say, but I feel that the, we are, or the society is, uh, is hypocrite to make those different set of rules for you know for ma of male and female um definitely like you know if uh, a man or a female character 
does something that the one of my female characters has done if you know if he uh, if we replace she with he and if he disobeys uh you know a family member or you know does something that's uh, considered irrational then there won't be as harsh so-called harsh judgments uh for that male character or for that person as there will be for a female per female character because i feel that a lot of times we we tend to we have our we have our uh, it's a very tricky question but a really good one but we have our own um standards for what a woman can do and what a man can do and that's that's very sad because even i see uh i'm not going to mention any specific books or movies but i have seen i've read and i have watched stuff where i've seen how uh if a male character uh you know is aggressive uh men handle or misbehave with a woman it's kind of justified saying that oh he's a man he's allowed to do this he has that freedom oh it's it's actually brave of him to say that or it's brave of him to you know slap or punch another person but what if it's a woman um right or punch the other person would we say the same thing not really we would uh, we would actually say that oh um she I, i guess her family or her mother or her father has not taught her how to behave or how to react in in public places or in you know in these situations we would be very much judgmental on how a female how a woman would react to certain situations and how a man would so again there is this concept of uh, you know male domination or hierarchy uh, rule which is uh, which in different ways we find reasons for to justify an action of our son but not our daughter which is very sad uh, i feel um that reminds me of a situation uh that i actually have seen happening um uh, from my own eyes i have seen people you know setting restrictions on you know their daughters their you know the, the women in the family i've seen actually women setting restrictions on other women that you know this is the time to go out this is the time to come back uh these are the clothes you can wear uh these are the kind of people that you can interact with this is the right way to sit this is the right right way to walk right way to uh you know uh uh react on certain situations don't raise your voice these are all of these different rules that we set on a woman but we don't set those kind of rules on men we don't actually say to them that you know this is the right time to go this is the right time to come back this is the way to walk you shouldn't scream you shouldn't yell uh we actually say that oh um if you if you are dominating then that's the good thing you that that's your right that is what you should do but my question is why uh why why we have these different set of rules for in men and for for women um well, that was going to be my question to you 
and then I know I gave you a very leading question. Um, so I, I, I really, I don't make a, an apology for that, but I did ask a very leading question and I, I will, and that was going to be the last question, but I, I, I'm, am going to ask you one more is that, um, why I can say that as a father of both a male and female child that I've had the same conversation with both about, um, the right way to act in public. Uh, how to shake somebody's hand, look somebody in the eye, how to speak, how to do uh, fill in the blank. But it was the same discussion for both children. I don't want my son to uh, be any less, have any less decorum in public than I want my daughter to have. Uh, it's just, um, I'm going to use a stupid word, but I, I have, I can't, you're the author, you can help me, is that's just, <laughs> To be any less than that would be uncivilized. And I feel like I'm quoting some stupid TV commercial. <laughs> but why do you, will we ever move beyond uh, that as a society that we hold women? Well, let me say it this way. Why don't we like to admit that women are human? That's, again, a really good question. And I, again, I feel that, uh, you know, uh, I'm not gonna make a judgment and say that everyone thinks the same way, or, you know, everyone believe that, you know, a woman should or should not do a certain things, um, a certain thing, but I feel that, yeah, for for most part, in a lot of, uh, not just USA, but I feel in a lot of other uh, parts of the world, we, we do see this this gap. Uh, we do see women being treated as not even human beings, but animals. Um, there, there, there are a lot of things that are that are wrong right now, and I would love to talk about those, but knowing that we don't have much time, I would save that for another conversation. But I feel that um, uh, that is where um, that is where stories come come in. That is where cinema comes in. I think we, as creative people, as writers, as filmmakers, we have the power to influence people in a certain way. We have the power to actually not really uh, influence their actions, but kind of show them what is right and what is wrong. And um, I know as filmmakers, as writers, we do think about the fact that, oh, is this going to work? If we show a woman character, if we show a female protagonist a certain way, are people going to approve that? Uh, are they going to go watch our movie? Are they going to uh, buy our books? Um, we do think about those things and it's absolutely normal to think about those things. But I think at the same time, it is also our responsibility to not really to not really promote the idea that a woman has to be perfect and i feel a lot of times we do uh we do promote that idea we do kind of try to establish the fact that uh, you know a female character is always perfect without without kind of realizing that yes we have this immense power to 
impact people. Uh, you know, people usually watch movies, they read books to escape out of their their own issues and their problems that they're facing. They they read books. They 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 kind of relate. They feel the emotions that a character goes through on screen or in paper. So if we have that power to influence people in different ways, then we might as well use that power wisely. Uh, we should use it in a way that we can teach someone something, uh, that we can actually make our, you know, uh, I, I can't find the right word again, but I feel we should use that power wisely to make an image of the character that's realistic, that's not your so-called perfect character, um, that, you know, someone who has that ability to impact people. And like in, in our, likewise, in our movies, in our books, we usually have a happy ending. We show um, the positive winning over the negative. Uh, we show victory um, majority of the times, which I feel is great. And in real life, that does not always happen. But I feel that um, characters and stories can actually give someone that that courage to fight with whatever they're facing. People can actually get so inspired by a character that they can start looking up to that character, which again has its own uh, downsides and benefits. But I feel that the, we as creative people have a lot of power to influence whatever is happening in the society, uh, whatever is, um, you know, whatever is uh, being wrong right now, uh, not just through our novels or our books, but even as public figures, um, what we post on social media, what we say in our interviews, uh, the way we conduct ourselves, that can impact people in, in a lot of different ways. So it's, again, it's also a responsibility. Oh, it absolutely 100% is. Um, and I will just say one last thought uh, before we close out the show, and it's that you definitely do, as an author, as a creative person, like you said, share great responsibility if you're not censored and you're allowed to share that, uh, share that with us. But that will lead us into a conversation definitely for another day. Sure, um, definitely. So, Ramsha, we've definitely talked about a lot um, about perceptions. And through it all, we learned about how difficult it actually is to write a character that's appealing uh, to the masses that somebody will, that will resonate. Um, but I like that your characters are human and they're, they're expressing themselves and I want you to keep writing about those female characters that are empowered to be, and I'm using air quotes, normal. Uh, they're human. They're, let, them, let them breathe. Yes. If, I hope that word makes sense to you. Um, it does. It does, definitely. Let them breathe. Let them live let them express themselves and i think we just get so harsh especially towards women that we forget that they're humans and not just physical objects that you can play with that you can throw around they're actually people who are breathing people who have emotions 
but many times we we neglect that absolutely so i commend you for what you're undertaking i look forward to the book coming out and reading those stories and again it's again it's rebel against the odds and we're all going to look for it thank so thank you for spending time with me today uh and Everybody who's listening, I just want you all to know that there's a new way on top of the standard ways to get a hold of me, should you want to provide feedback via calling me, texting me, or going to my website. You can now leave a voicemail message using the Anchor app on any media that you decide to listen to on your iPhone, Android phone, or on your desktop computer. You can leave a voice message uh, through the Anchor um, website or app. And as always, I'm just a phone call or email away. So Ramsha, thank you for spending uh, time with me today. I really uh, enjoyed the conversation and I hope you were able to get your points across that you wanted to. I like to ask every guest this, did I meet your expectations for this interview today? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me and you exceeded my expectations. Uh, you made me feel comfortable. Um, this was actually my first interview after a long time. So um, it was a great one, definitely a very special one. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for those kind words. And thank you again for being here. And we really are all, and I'm speaking for everybody, and I know that I have that power and authority by vested in me by the Anchor FM app that we are all looking forward to the release of your book. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Ramsha. Bye. If you'd like to leave feedback on the podcast, comment on this episode or a previous episode, or to be a guest on the show, leave me a message by calling one five eight five two one zero. 0240. Any feedback or episode comments could end up being aired in the future. I look forward to hearing from you. Mm -hmm.